KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, October 29th. What the federal spending debate means for San Diego. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria is ordering a review of all planned road widenings in the city. The order came after KPBS reported on the widening of El Cajon Boulevard, a project that activists say conflicts with the city's larger goals of reducing car travel to fight climate change. Construction on the project began last week after city officials decided it was too late to stop it. But Gloria ordered a review of similar widening projects to prevent them from reaching the same point of no return. What we want to do is look at everything that's currently in the pipeline uh, to make sure it's consistent uh, with my administration's vision for our city as well as our climate action plan. This does not mean you may not ever see them ever again, um, but my hope is that we'll do that on a much more limited basis. Considering that San Diego is a sprawling city with nearly 3,000 miles of streets, the review is a massive undertaking likely to last many months. Prompted by lingering port backlogs, state and federal officials on Thursday announced a partnership to speed up work to modernize California's supply chain infrastructure. John Porcari is the Biden administration's port envoy. He says the administration is making loan money available to the state intended to kickstart improvement projects. The kind of projects that may not get as much attention but are really crucial for goods movement both within the ports and importantly beyond the fence line of the ports. The San Diego Padres have hired a new manager, according to MLB.com. The Padres have agreed to a three-year deal with Bob Melvin. Melvin's been a manager for the Oakland A's for the last 11 seasons. He led the team to three American League West titles and as many division series. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The latest version of President Biden's economic plan has cut some anticipated social benefits and does not repeal the $10,000 cap on state and local tax deductions passed back in 2017. That was a Trump-era tax reform measure that hurt California and other states with high state taxes. KPBS's Kitty Alvarado spoke with a local congressman about how this will affect San Diegans. There's been a lot of back and forth on President Biden's domestic policy plan that includes infrastructure spending and a $1.75 trillion social agenda. 
Congressman Scott Peters, who represents the 52nd District, says this is a big task, and he doesn't expect a bill to be finalized today or tomorrow. It's historic, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected this to be easy or quick. I think it's going to take a lot of, of uh, give and take. I think it should take a lot of give and take. This is a lot of money we're investing. We should do it right. The revised plan eliminates several items, including free community college and paid family leave, which is already offered by the state of California. But Peter says a federal leave plan would not be redundant. I think California would still benefit from it because I think it could take some of the pressure off of our own pocketbooks if the federal government were supporting it. Also out, lifting the $10,000 cap on deductions for state and local taxes, known as SALT. Peter says this is big for Californians who pay higher state and local tax bills. As California's invested in its future, it's, it's invested, uh, investments cost money, that, that's why we have uh, higher taxes. Um, and the, the system's always been there to abate that for uh, on your federal tax payments. And um, since the beginning of the income tax. So we think we've, we've been singled out unfairly with a few other states. Uh, we'd like to get that, that benefit back. Despite the emphasis on the tug of war and what's in and out, Peters is optimistic. I think we're going to come out of it with something really, really great and uh, something we could be proud of and as Americans and as a Congress. And that reporting from KPBS's Kitty Alvarado. Last season, the football rivalry between San Diego's Lincoln High and Cathedral High School was marred when a racist image was spread online by Cathedral players. Lincoln canceled their scheduled game tonight against Cathedral and took a forfeit loss as a result. KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim explains how the incident has sparked a larger community conversation. I think in the end, you know, we'll all be able to move forward and we'll work towards it, but you know, you can't, you can't put a, 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 a timeline on healing. That's Lincoln coach David Dunn talking to over 60 community members, many of them local school coaches at the biweekly Coaches for Racial Equality meeting. He's explaining his decision to not play against Cathedral High School this coming Friday. During the hour-long meeting on Wednesday night, Coach Dunn said he looks forward to working with Cathedral coach Sean Doyle on repairing the harm that was done. And he acknowledged that Cathedral players and staff have reached out. But Coach Dunn says that so far, restorative efforts haven't felt genuine, and the healing process is far from over. When we opened up early into this, um, into this uh, restorative circle, we didn't come out of it the way that we should have. And I know it takes more and more. And like I said, we as a, we as a culture staff in the community here were very, um, we were very shaken by it. You know, it opened up some old wounds, some things from a long time ago. Coach Dunn says the process made him remember being told as a nine-year-old black athlete that he might be called names and to deal with it. He doesn't want to keep repeating that message to his players. We've grown to accept and just continue on, but it's not okay. That don't make it okay. So I wanted to just just continue to raise the awareness of what's of, of things that's taking place, and we all got to do better. I'm not saying that Lincoln's perfect. I'm not saying that Cathedral's imperfect. We're all imperfect. The Coaches for Racial Equality meetings began last year during the height of the racial justice protests. Joining the coaches at Wednesday's meeting were parents of Cathedral High School athletes. Chris Smith goes by Top Dog and covers high school sports. He says the Cathedral students he works with are also trying to make sense of this. 
I want to say that I respect the man and his decision. Um, but I also have kids in our community in Cathedral that come home and ask their parents why this black man is calling them racist. Um, and these kids are hurt over at Cathedral too. KPBS reached out to Cathedral High School officials but did not hear back. The pain expressed at the meeting was palpable. Many participants shared stories of the double standards. Schools in the Southeast, like Lincoln High, which is predominantly Latino, Black, and low income, feel playing against private North County schools like Cathedral High. Jeff Harper Harris is the Lincoln basketball coach who helped start this community forum. He says the conversation goes far beyond two high schools and a football game. It's not a just a, a, a Lincoln Cathedral issue. That's the problem. It's a, it's a whole county issue. South of eight versus north of eight has been a major issue. This all-important conversation will continue because this is about more than just football. And that was KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim. San Diego County's largest solar farm is moving towards construction in Hukumba Hot Springs. But neighbors still want more out of the developer and the county. iNewsource reporter Kamivon Cannell has more. Diana Sherwood's motorhome at the edge of Hukumba would be a little over a football field away from the 600-acre solar farm. It lies closer to a residential community than any solar farm of similar size in San Diego or Imperial counties. Sherwood wants the developer to do more to protect her health from the heat and dust she fears from the project. We can't stop it, but maybe we can improve it a little bit so it's not so hazardous to us. The pushback on the solar farm showed local climate advocate Matthew Vasilakis that San Diego County officials need to do more to smooth talks between rural communities and the developers of big renewable energy projects. I think that they can look into developing some best practices and some policies to at least try and, and, and get some alignment on, on how to go about these activities. County officials are now working with a local group to allocate $4 million the developer has agreed to provide to the community as a condition of getting a permit. And that was iNewsource reporter Kamivon Cannell. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. San Diego Zoo geneticists have revealed the first case ever of condor reproduction by just a single parent. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more. Testing revealed two young condors reared by two separate mothers had only one parent. Their eggs were not fertilized by male sperm. Actor Jeff Goldblum talked about asexual dinosaur reproduction in the 1993 movie Jurassic Park. I'm simply saying that life... uh finds a way. It hit us in the face. We weren't looking for it. We didn't expect it. San Diego Zoo geneticist Oliver Ryder says genetic testing of the captive and wild populations of California condors is a regular occurrence as researchers work to maintain genetic diversity. The species almost went extinct 30 years ago. Ryder says the genomes of the mothers and offspring are the same, confirming the findings. It happened twice when the population was small. Will it happen again when the population gets bigger? I think that's an important question. These are the first known cases of reproduction without fertilization in California condors, something called parthenogenesis. And it's the first time genetic testing has confirmed the phenomenon. Zoo researcher Cynthia Steiner says the development is also unique because there were fertile males present, but asexual reproduction happened anyway. Knowing that this is not like a 
a random individual we found. This is two individuals from two separate families. So uh, that were able to uh, be generated using proteinogenesis. We might think that this is not as uncommon as we, we, we thought before. The California condor is the largest flying bird in the world with wingspans that can reach nine feet. The population shrank to 22 birds in the 1980s. There are now more than 500 living condors, both in captivity and flying free. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. Coming up, world leaders and scientists are gathering in Scotland next week to talk climate, and the ocean is part of the discussion. 93% of the heat that's been generated from greenhouse gases is in the ocean. 93%. Just ahead, San Diego researchers weigh the impact that the climate conference could have. That's next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego researchers are traveling to and watching Scotland online next week as scientists and world leaders gather there to talk climate. Wildfires, drought, and damaging storms are heightening a sense of urgency to ramp up efforts to slow climate change. We have KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson again. He tells us what local research will bring to the climate change debate. UC San Diego master's student Gabriella Berman holds up a jar that contains what appears to be a white plant. And this is a piece of bone, so they grow in it, and I study the animals. Yes, animals. Those noodle-shaped fronds are worms. And they're unique because they live on bones in the deep ocean. Bones like this chunk of whale vertebrae in a saltwater tank in the Rouse lab. That one used to, it, it's kind of old now, I think it's from 2019, but it used to have Ocidax. Osidax is the name of the organism that I study. Osidax rely on roots to draw nutrition from bones that settle on the seafloor. They colonize the bone. It's both their home and a source of food. A whale backbone provides a boost of nutrition in a place where food can be scarce. Berman's deep ocean samples live in the fridge in the lab until she can photograph, process, and sample the animal's genetic blueprint. She's helping establish a baseline for the species. A lot of what we're looking at now is um, new, is completely new information about where they are and how they're distributed in the ocean. But Berman worries the push to mine the ocean floor for scarce resources puts the species in harm's way. And she's concerned about an ocean that is changing as the climate warms. That's one reason why she plans to go to the climate conference in Glasgow, Scotland. That conference 
and the deliberations of uh, all of the nations that are part of it really rely on science in order to inform the way that they approach the problem of climate change. Margaret Leinen is the director of the Scripps Institution of Oceanography. She says the ocean is finally an important part of the climate discussion. 93% of the heat that's been generated from greenhouse gases is in the ocean, 93%. So it has really protected us from far greater impacts on land. A recent U.N. climate report concludes the world isn't moving fast enough. The U.N. Secretary General says time is running out to meet the Paris Climate Accord greenhouse gas reduction targets. And the U.N. chief, Antonio Guterres, says there is a leadership gap. But Leinen remains optimistic that the scientists and world leaders will make progress at COP26, the conference of parties gathering in Scotland. The role of advocacy is to say, do this as rapidly as we can. And the role of sort of the pragmatic negotiators is to say, this is how fast we can do it without, you know, without killing our economy. If we're going to save the world, uh, we're going to do it with batteries. Michael Ferry is the director of energy storage and systems at UC San Diego. He says batteries are uniquely positioned to help decarbonize two of the economy's largest and most important sectors. First is the power sector which is electricity production and supply, and transportation, which is, of course, how we move ourselves, how we move our goods, our food. Ferry says electric cars and utility-scale battery storage is getting better and more efficient. He says advances in the past five years prove the technology is already mature enough to have a positive impact. California hit a milestone this past June when, for about 10 minutes, 4% of the state's electricity was supplied by batteries. Ferry will be in Glasgow next week to huddle with other scientists. He says he looks forward to seeing the United States reestablish itself as a leader in addressing climate change. I think it's incredibly important. Um, And I think we have to be, again, optimistic. Uh, We have to be bold. And we've been doing that in California for the last 15 years when it comes to climate change. And we have results to share with the world. Ferry says if it can be done in California, it can be done elsewhere. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. And before you go off and away for your spooky weekend, there's going to be a mini Comic Con happening tomorrow with some fandom invasion. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview of what's happening at Escondido's California Center for the Arts. Fandom Invasion takes inspiration from Comic-Con, but it's on a much smaller scale, likely to attract hundreds rather than tens of thousands of attendees. But like the massive pop culture convention, Fandom Invasion is fueled by passionate fans. The inaugural event takes place Saturday in North County, says organizer Sean Richter. It's a celebration of all of the fandoms, whether you're a DC or Marvel or Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, whatever. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. The event grew out of the Sci-Fi Coalition, a fan club made up primarily of cosplayers who dress as characters and attend conventions and partake in community work, says Vice President Richter. From the very beginning, one of our goals was to have the show be very cosplay-centered and cosplay-heavy. There's a huge cosplay community 
in Southern California. That's why the convention takes place in the fall, when the weather's cooler and more cosplay-friendly, for people whose costumes can be elaborate and warm. Things you'll find at Fandom Invasion will be panel rooms, a vendor's hall, a 24-foot-long gaming truck, and a focus on young cosplayers and artists. And that was KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.